The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or if your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview, just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. You'll have access to all of our material immediately. You'll receive your login right now. And if you want to improve your life and those of your loved ones, don't forget to visit sanitasradio.com as well. Great programs over there. Tonight's special guest is Anthony Jones, a historical timeline forensic investigator and a member of the Nostradamus Society and the George Orwell Society. Jones produced the documentary film Evil Law, that has been banned and censored by the mainstream and alternative news media. And some online movie download portals, including Amazon, IMBD, and host of others that document that America has a federal law mandated to the states that parallels a law that was devised and implemented by Adolf Hitler when he was elected to chancellor to take down democratic and constitutional Germany. Anthony Jones exposes a shocking and disturbing documentation that this federal mandated law is secretly an anti-democracy and constitutional virus malware, evil law, that has a secret stealth agenda to morph America slowly into a technoism, a dictatorship type of government using a high-tech 24-7 real-time surveillance infrastructure to monitor the population for socially and politically incorrect behavior and thoughts with incarceration being the penalty for non-compliance to government rules regulations. Jones exposes a timeline trajectory of the total technoism that will descend upon America because of this evil law. Anthony Jones also offers a reward of $10,000 to anyone who can disprove his documentation in the documentary film Evil Law. And directly from San Diego, California, I would like to welcome Anthony Jones. Hello, Anthony, and welcome to Veritas. Well, Mel, I have to salute you for having the nerve and the intestinal fortitude to even bring something like this up on the airways. I'm, I'm basically banned and censored by the American media, even even the web media. What what is going on here? I mean, you're you're are you a strange character here? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, you know, truth needs no defense, and if you have to hide parts of a truth, it be to me. It means that you may be somebody's payroll or 
there's a reason why this truth is not out. So why don't we begin? I usually read a bio of, of each person. I, I, I hardly read a lot of your background to give the listeners a little bit of a perspective of who you are. Who is Anthony Jones? Let's begin with that. Anthony Jones, uh, about 20 years ago, let's just say that I became in a financial situation where I didn't have to work a job. And, you know, I wasn't involved in the daily grind of having to, you know, work for an existence and living. And probably one of my heroes was Arthur C. Clarke. I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Of course. And he basically dedicated his life to studying the paranormal, the unknown, what is really weird and strange out there. And I said, you know what? I think I'd like to do that, being I was in the position to do this. So my first endeavor was to look at the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill and figure out what is this pyramid doing on back here. Of course, there are no books. You can't Google this. It'll tell you what it really means. A lot of fiction, fantasy, and conspiracy theories out there. But lo and behold, 10 years later, I finally figured out what it meant. So I said, hmm, let's go on to the next one. And then I would say, well, you know, I'm of, I'm of the age where when I got my first Social Security card, it said not for identification purposes on it. And now, of course, we know now that is a joke. Uh, and I said, well, I want to know, well, why? Is, how did it go from not for identification purposes to being now you're basically de facto national ID. You can't get a job. You can't work. You can't, uh, I mean, basically you are this number. I mean, you can get a fish. You have to get a fishing license, get married. You have to have a number. Without this number, you're a, you're a ghost. There's an exemption form out there, by the way. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sure. For anybody who, who wonders, you don't. You do not need a Social Security card in order to have a job, but most people to just get a, don't to know get a, that. Well, to get a job. Yeah. Yes, and even the employers don't know that. Well, I, you know, once again, it took me about three years to, to backtrack this. Well, once you start backtracking things, other big pictures start emerging, which is how evil law emerged. Uh, just real quick, let me just kind of throw this at you here. I was reading an article where there were 800,000 sex offenders. And I thought, well, there's something wrong with this picture. I mean, eight, I mean that is basically the, the population of a state like Wyoming or, or, or Alaska or Montana. We have the population of a state that is now under a government registry that has been taken out of the Constitutional Protective Zone, meaning, in theory, if all these people were, were put in one state, uh, they're no longer living on the Constitution. There's no constitutional protections. The government can tell them where they where, where they can live, where they can work. There's no due process. They have no legal due process, no constitutional rights. They, uh, the government can come in our house anytime they want. Uh, you know, I'm saying, well, there's something wrong with this picture. What if what if this were to, to expand? And that's where, I got, that's where I got on the tail end of evil law. I started studying the sex offender registry. Now, let me, let me just say this before we even start any further. To me, anyone who would molest a child or is a predatory child molester, I mean, I'm real, I'm real easy to figure out. These people need to be castrated and put in prison and locked away forever. That's what should have been done with these people. But that was not done. What happened in 1974, excuse me, 1994, the Jacob Wedling Act was passed, which stated that if you were a dangerous predatory child molester, you had to register with the government. I was I was kind of for that because you know I have kids I mean I, I'm I'm like most Americans I have family, but what has happened as I've studied this I spent the last uh, 15 years studying the sex offender registry, 
Uh, I study the registry. I mean, I don't, I'm not for or against sex offenders. If you're on the registry, well, I'm not really interested in why you're there. I, I, I look at this registry. Uh, what has happened is when the registry first came out, uh, it wasn't on the public. It wasn't a public registry. To, if you lived in a neighborhood, if you want to know if there was a certain individual in your neighborhood, you had to go to the police department, show ID, and show reason why and verification why you need to look at this police registration. Then it was shown to you. Well, so far, so good. Then up popped Megan's Law, which mandated that everyone who was on the sex offender registry had to be on a public profile website. Well, I'm still going along with this. Well, yeah, okay, now I don't have to go to the police station and register and show ID and, and sign out documents. Well, I want to know if there's, if there's a pervert in my neighborhood. Now I just go online and see it. Well, what happens is when that happened, America opened the Pandora's box. And we're going to really show what happened when America opened this Pandora's box of forcing Americans to register with the government and then having this online, having an online uh, registration of, of Americans. What happened as soon as it, uh, Megan's Law became public, then the organization in Washington, it's called SORNA, Sex Offender Registry Notification Act. It is a government agency. What they saw is that they're like all government agencies, which is they like to expand. You take any government registry agency, they all expand. All expand. Like the government itself, it loves to expand itself into a hydra. You know, let's just take EPA. Okay, Nixon does EPA. Okay, I'm I'm all for that. I mean, it was supposed to be they were going after the big corporations, the coal stacks. I mean, the real gross polluters. Well, EPA has expanded to the point where uh, you can go out here and burn leaves in your front yard, and here's an EPA writing your ticket, or you have a lawnmower that doesn't have the correct pollution controls on it. It's now it's now got that it's expanded to the point where it's it's in an average person's life in, in your life. Well, this is what happened with this sex offender registry, as I'll be documenting as we go along. Uh, what uh, SORNA saw is that they couldn't expand the registry because, I mean, individuals that are, that are deranged, derogatory, predatory child molesters are a very small, minute percentage of the population. Okay, and generally, these, these clowns generally up in prison for life or they get killed. So you can't expand a registry with, with such a fine, infinite, finite members of the population. So what they started doing is adding tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. Uh, tier one, public urination. Mooning, streaking, sexting. You know, I don't know if you know what sexting is. That's where you, you know, sure. silly teenagers, that they show their uh, pictures of their genitalia to other teenagers on their cell phones. And then it got into horseplay. Silly, I mean, you know, I'm, you know grab ass, grab boots, grab boobs, peeping Tom, all kind of silly, stupid stuff. But still, they got on the sex offender registry. They weren't put on the public registry, but they were on the sex offender registry and subject to all goal, uh, rules and gov government regulations of the sex offender registry. Then it dropped down to Tier 2. Uh, probably 90% of the American male could get on this. At one time in this country, we had statutory rape. You know, have sex with consensual sex with an underage girl. Well, you went in front of the judge, and the judge either said, are you going to marry this girl? Yes. I love him. Did he, did he molest me? No, get out of here. Or at worst, you know, 90 days in jail or fine, get out of here. And once you've done your time, you just, you know, now there's no more statutory rape. It's mandatory you go on this. Uh, Didn't did couples used to get married when they were 16 in the early 1900s anyway? Well, let me, let me backtrack it even more. At one time in this country, during, starting at the revo uh, revolutionary times, the age of consent in America was 13. And then it kind of graduated to 14, then it went to 15. And a lot of the southern states 
until the early uh, 1900s. It was 13, 14. So I did some research. A lot of our founding fathers could be on the sex offender registry. A lot of American icons, such as Elvis Presley, who married a 14-year-old girl, and, and could get beyond, beyond sex offender registries. And I actually have documented cases on you. We can, I can send you a link for YouTube, YouTube this, where SORNA is now backtracking uh, birth certificate, uh, marriage certificates of guys back in the 50s and 60s who married underage girls. And now pulling them in front of judges for child molestation 30, 40, 50 years ago for marriage. Wait a second. They're, I'm bring, not making, they're bringing them do, back to be criminals? I, document, I can document this. <laughs> uh, there's actual cases of guys got, at one time in Nevada. I need to give a warning to everybody in your, in your listening audience who still believes that, you know, 16 is legal age to get married in Nevada. If you go to Nevada now and the girl is 16, and you're over 16, you're 18, the police are immediately called. And if they can verify that you spent the night in a hotel room with this girl, you're now on the sex offender registry. Now, it's kind of a two-edged sword. If the parents come with them, and if the parents show up with the girl and say, yes, we want, she's 16, we're signing her to marry him, it's okay. So the registry has just went wild and crazy. Basically, uh, it's just a matter of time before you can actually put on a registry a, a man for possession of rapist tools or women for intent to distribute porno. I mean, it, it, just, it just went crazy. What Sorna found is they just basically uh, let the Puritans from the past write and dictate these new sex laws. So it's one of the easy, the only The only thing that will keep you on a registry is short of a man and woman being married, disrobed in their house with the doors closed, windows put down. Anything outside of that, you could get on the registry. Everybody at Woodstock would have been on the registry. Uh, the old hippie bus days, you know, I remember these old beach party days from the 60s. They would have all been on the registry. So, What, are the, what about these uh, protests that for one day they just walk around naked in a city? Would they be also for illegal uh, indecent exposure? And California has a law, once again, ideal from documentation. be more than glad to send you the, uh, the, the document. Of all people, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the man who was, uh, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not bad-mouthing Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, when he was governor, the state of California was in bankruptcy. And the, the joke was, well, why don't you just make, why, why, why don't everybody in California just streak naked and then make them a sex offender? And then, you ready for this? The government pays close to $40,000 to the state for each person that's put on the sex offender registry. A lot of people are not aware of that. The states and the feds have an incestuous, incestuous relationship. The states get easy money, and the government gets someone in their government control zone. Anyway, forty thousand dollars up to per... 40, up to forty thousand dollars per person to be on a registry. Understand, it takes uh-huh. money to keep somebody on a registry. Then you have uh, all these um, you have law enforcement that have that have basically departments. Well, what's the motivation, Anthony? What's the motivation of, of paying for up to $40,000 to, to add somebody to the list? Well, the states make money. It's a money. It's a, it's a cash cow. Well, I understand, but what to see, I can see how all these corrupt judges that, that you know, get a lot of uh, children or adults into jail because the privatization of the, 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 the penitentiaries, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like publicly traded these days. So, so for every inmate, they make money. But what is the motivation here? Okay, well, there's, there's a number of motivations for the state to get somebody on the sex offender registry, even if it's a public urination. Well, number one, if a prosecutor, he just, this is another feather in his hat. You have to understand that one label fits all. When you go on these Megan's Law public pro- profiles, you hear the word sex offender. They never say what the charge is for. 
It's, they always default back to that dangerous, predatory, coming for your child. Whereas uh, uh, the Department of Doc, uh, DOG, Depart- Department of Justice uh, documentation states that 95% of all child molestations occur by someone the child knows, knows and trusts, and that uh, sex offenders have a 3.9% of reoffending. Now, let me put that in perspective. If you compare this to the other criminal groups, you know, burglars, rapists, murderers, car thieves, drug dealers, uh, they're up there 40, 50, 60, 70 percent. So, you know, this is what we've got going. Anyway, back to the money game here. The prosecutor gets a feather in his, in his cap. Okay, the state's going to get close to $40,000. It varies. It could be twenty-five dollars to forty. just depending, you know, what city, what state. But the, the, See, this uh, Magnus Law is a federally mandated law on, on the states. They have to do it. If they don't, then the states pull money out of them. They, they dangle the money, uh, the money card in front of them. So it's money, and then, of course, uh, if the guy gets on probation, or a girl gets on probation, well, here's more fines. You've got to pay all kinds of fines and fees. And then here comes polygraph test. It's $350 a year for a polygraph test. you got to pay for it. And, of course, the, the, jack, the jackpot is, the jackpot is, is, to, is to get somebody on for public urination on the sex offender registry, have them pay as many fines as they can, and then put this guy in prison. Now you've got a double whammy. They're getting twenty dollars to $40,000 from the feds for having this guy on the registry. And then, of course, uh, the prison industrial complex is getting forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 to put this person in a cage. Uh, you know, it's 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 a money game. It's all about a money game. It's all about money and con- control. And of course, we have the sex offender industrial complex that makes a lot of money on sex offenders. I mean, such as these psychiatric assessment people. I mean, there's one uh, one in Los Angeles that made 1.5 million assessing sex offenders. Okay, how'd you like to have a gig like that? Okay, so the, I see what you're coming. And then the, I, GP, the GPS. I mean, did you monitoring. I mean, it just, it just it's an industry. It's, it's a an new industry. industry. It's a new industry, and it's a money making industry. And then, last but least, the states are able to raise taxes to protect you from this evil sex offender. Oh. They're all hiding behind bushes to get your child one statistically and documentationally. That's not true. And you know, and then of course the law enforcement. We need more money. Well, you know, we're oh, we've got in California. It's got a hundred thousand sex offenders. That breaks down to one in every one hundred people. Uh, they use the fear card. You must be protected. Your children are in danger. I mean, you know, we need money. You need You know, it's it, it's it's a money game. Look, just like you gave your perspective, and and I usually don't express my opinion as this program is not about me, but on this I have to tell you, Anthony, if someone rapes or abuses, you know, sexually. I don't want to see that person within society. If proven guilty, I'd like to see the person locked up, and I would throw away that key forever. That's what should have been done. However, however, you know, I remember about 10, 15 years ago when, you know, I started looking around the websites around my neighborhood just because somebody told me, by the way, do you know that you can actually search to see if if there's any sex offenders in your neighborhood or place of business? So I, I was curious, and I was surprised. To see the number of people who are sex offenders. 1995, I uh, see it's now even more out of control here. There are now uh, there are now website countries and companies that are putting uh, offenders. They're putting the level ones, the ones who are not on the magnifying profile. They're putting them online and then uh, demanding a hostage fee, 150, 200, 500 bucks for us to take your name off off of, off of our website. Lawsuits are already being filed filed about that. 
Uh, there's even a, there's a bunch of these websites. That, you know, you probably get them in your email. Is there dangerous predatory sex molesters in your in your in your neighborhood? 1995, and we'll keep you up to date. We'll let you know when the monsters move in. I mean, you know. And there's even one. Uh, I've got this on a YouTube. I'll be glad to send it to you because people don't believe this. There's like a credit alert. This is an alert. Uh, it- Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today, with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel... Want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback? Just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it, because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.